Check your mic settings, or maybe move your mic a little bit. Sounds a little weird. Uh, move it back or move it forward? Usually forward. Usually people are too far away. Um, I don't know. I've got it. Noise cancellation. It's in default. Here, I put it on automatically adjust settings. Did that change anything? Maybe. Um, keep it like, uh, I don't know, four to six inches away from you when you're talking. Yeah, that's what it is. Cool. It's sitting right here next to me. Yeah, you just sound a little garbled, like a little, little, huh. little um, compressed in a way. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I actually, I don't know. We'll see on the next one. I kept one of those Zoom ones, but I don't know. I should have gone through the box. I just sat in. Anyway, I went to, to uh, Amazon to pick up the adapter to plug it into the computer. Uh-huh. But I picked up the male adapter when it needs the female adapter. Mm. So anyway. Gotcha. So who knows? In the future, you know. So whatever I, you're I doing need... now sounds better. Stay like that. Whatever you're doing now. Okay. So I have to keep my finger in my butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was nobody's gonna see this, so okay. They're not Done. gonna know. <laughs> How are they gonna know? They're not gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. They're not gonna know. They're gonna know. Hello, John Schuler. How's it going, man? Good, buddy. Good How are you doing? Me. Good, good. You've been busy for the last few weeks. Been busy for quite a while. We did the Hero's Quest in Napa, and I caught the red eye. Literally, my flight left at 11.59 p.m. is when my flight left. Caught the red eye out of there and got back. Was home for one day and then had to go to St. Louis for a three-week rammed earth project. And I just got back from that a couple days ago. So, yeah, I'm beat. Yeah, right on. But it's good. It's good. But it's been a while. We haven't done a podcast since uh, The Hero's Quest. So it's been uh, nearly a month now. Since we did a podcast, maybe it has been a month, I don't know. So we should get right to it. I have a little list here of things to talk about. One of the ones that it's kind of been an internal conversation between me, you, and Martin Duckett is not wasting time. Not wasting time and, and the value of time. And it's one of these things that we've talked about. You know, some people kind of like joke about it. Ah, ha, ha, you get to spend time with your kids or, or whatever it is. But... For me, and I know for you and, and for Martin, time is the most valuable thing you have in your life. You can't buy it. You can't get it back. And um, not wasting time. Well, it's time. the only thing. I mean, when you, when you look at everything, you know, when, once, once you lose time, now here we're talking about life, you know, you lose a car, lose your license, you know, lose your eyesight. I don't know. But look, man, at the end of this rodeo, that's it. Yeah, and I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of guys that are snickering right now thinking, oh, you know, it's funny that Brandon posts about picking his kids up from school. They're going to wish they had done that. They're going to wish they had spent more time with their kids and, and less time batching mixes and waiting for face coats to set and waiting to trowel a piece and being in their shop till midnight. All those things that we've done. And really, at the end of the day, it's a waste. It's a waste of time. Yeah, it's waste. Yeah, That's it's, really, it's wasted opportunity. Opinion. It's a waste right. of opportunity. It's a waste of opportunity to do something more with your business. It's a waste of opportunity to spend time with your wife and your kids. It's a waste of opportunity mm -hmm. just to enjoy life. Nobody enjoys batching 40 buckets of sand. Nobody enjoys that. I haven't met one single person. I'm like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, i got a big weekend. I'm going to be batching 40 buckets of sand. It's going to be great. Yeah. Like Nobody feels excited about that. 
Well, even if it's not a batching question, meaning, so let, let me digress since, since we're on this about wasting time. So I'm coming off winter for me. And most people know, if they don't know me, during those months, I shut my shop down. I always have. And I focus on other things. I focus on material. I focus on sealer, new advances, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm back in the shop now. I've been back in the shop for, well, this month, basically, back on client projects. And I'm just going to use the last day or last couple days. So I'm casting some vanities. I don't know. Maybe to some people they're complicated, but a one-man show, these are whatever, four and a half foot wine, you know, integral sink, slip mold, upright cast, blah, blah, blah. I get in there by eight o'clock, takes me an hour to finish up a little bit of prep um, on the molds, fire the mixer up at nine-ish, let's say, place, finish, clean up, clean up my buckets in between, you know, and wrapped up by 11.30 noon. I mean, I don't know how to express that. <laughs> it's, and it, and it's a leisurely pace. That's what's, I think a lot of people don't understand. If, if you watched a video of me in my shop casting one of these vanities, again, upright cast, integral sink, um, slip mold, the timing, walking through, having a snack in between, you know, cleaning up, organizing in between, come back, you know, hit it with a trowel or whatever the case may be. And then I'm closing and rolling the door back down at noon to take off. That's insane to me. And, and because like many people, I'm guessing I have so many other things I would rather do for the rest of the afternoon, go work out, uh, work out with my son, go to the supermarket, pick up a few things, um, call a client back or, or, uh, actually I was just meeting, I met a designer at, uh, one o'clock yesterday and all this time. Oh, and then by the way, put that Wi-Fi sensor, uh, down in there. So then I can monitor it like when it kicks off and you know, how it cures and anyway, blah, blah, blah. It's, um, it's pretty crazy not having to sit in that shop. I don't know, maybe on social media or something. Oh, it's not ready yet. Okay. Hey, get, give it another 30 minutes. Oh, oh, wait, no, no. Oh, give it another hour. Um, oh, and oh, I forgot. And I took off in between there to drop off, drop off uh, sealer orders at UPS. <laughs> so, and it's so leisurely. It's just stupid. I'm not frantic. I'm not panicking. It's pretty amazing, man. It's pretty amazing. It's one of those things that until you've done it for long enough and you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you get sick of just wasting so much time doing mindless things for what? You're stepping over dollars, pick up dimes. You're, yeah. you're saving money by driving all over town and getting 20 different ingredients and batching them all and doing all these things. And you're saving money by doing this and by doing that. And, you know, at some point you get tired of it and you really do a deep dive on your cost and your expenses and the true cost. And the thing I said about opportunity is there's lost opportunity. When you are waiting for a piece to set up to trial it, that's lost opportunity. When you're batching out your mix, that's lost opportunity. When you're waiting for a face coat to set because it takes forever, that's yeah. lost opportunity. 
So these are the costs a lot of people don't calculate into the equation, but it's it's a big cost. And really, back to where we started this, the end of the day, there's going to be end of the day for all of us. And I guarantee you're all going to regret so much of the wasted time we spent on from scratch mix that we did to to save money. Well, what did that do for our, our well-being and our happiness and our relationships with our family and those types of things? So anyways, it's a message that, um, you know, we, we try to get out there uh, to people and, and hopefully it resonates with some people about that's one of the big benefits of um, kind of the direction we've been going with materials we've been working on is to Absolutely. increase happiness and uh, fulfillment in your life versus wasting time like we did for 15 20 years, you know? Well, and better balance. Way better balance. If I'm, yeah, if I'm not, again, if, if I'm not sitting around or, or wasting time at the shop, again, waiting between whatever, um, again, I'm, I'm just going by what I did yesterday. Fired up, I'm cleaning hey, out we, we, we don't. We don't need to play by play. We don't need to play I know, by but play. I, I'm just. You love to give me the play by play. I know, I got to get the play by play. I don't want it to play by play. It's crazy. <laughs> It's, um, you're telling me yesterday, I'm like, I got it, John. I've done I this. I, I do it, this John, for a living. It. No, you don't because you weren't there. I was there. Oh, I lived every I've moment. I've been there so many times. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty cool to see where we're at right now and where this goes really at the end of the day is those people who, and this sounds terrible again, those people Oftentimes, uh, selling materials or, you know, whatever, teaching methods from a totally different point of view, I often believe that these are people not living the experience. And that experience today in what I just did for the last two days casting versus that experience if I walked back 10 years, I spent an afternoon doing things with the family where before I was, you know, typical walking back into the house at five thirty, six o'clock, maybe just in time to catch dinner. And I missed the whole afternoon because I was at the shop. I haven't worked a late night casting Kodiak since we've moved these materials. It has not happened because there hasn't been a reason for it to happen. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a game changer for me. And it's, you know, perfect materials, perfect time, because I have a family now. When I was younger, I was single. I didn't have kids, mm -hmm. whatever. You work till midnight. Still lost opportunity. There's still so many things I could have done with that five, six hours in the day that I wasted. I could have gone to the gym. I could have gone hiking. I could have gone out with some girl. I could have done. There's so many different things I could have done, but instead I was stuck in my shop. But at least I didn't have a wife and kids. But today, you know, you, I just, I don't, I don't have the ability to work that late anymore and fulfill my obligations as a father. I just don't have, I don't have it. Yeah, I have I to be yeah, here. I don't have that desire anymore either. Same desire. I just could, you know, there's just no way for me to do that um, and be a good father. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, unless they, unless our kids live the life that we did. Well, that's exactly, I, I didn't want to go down that road because we already did the whole Dr. Phil thing on the three or four episodes know, back. But that's, that's the ultimate reality is, where we're at today is a culmination of that life experience that we came through 
and if I could, you know, beat this drum louder and louder for people is, you know, whatever price I paid emotionally now today, I don't want my kids doing. Yeah. So I'm here, we eat dinner, we get up in the morning, we have breakfast together. I mean, these are just things we've done. And with my son now, what, he's a freshman going into sophomore. My daughter's going to be a senior next year. You know, that time's ticking. Yeah, you're pretty much out of time with your kids. And something like 80% or 90% of the time you're going to spend with your kids is those first 18 years. After that, once they're gone... The amount of time you spend with them is like one tenth the amount of time yeah, for the rest of their lives. Their own lives from exactly. that point on. Yeah, yeah. So um, you don't want to miss that time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was well, growing and then up, now it'd be Aim and I. I mean, we were just talking the other yeah, day. Who wants that? Sorry, we're getting way off concrete. Who wants that? It, it, you know, we're looking forward to <laughs> our time together again. That's going to be fun. Shit, not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be on our time. The dating app for go. seniors. Oh yeah. That's terrible, man. um but what i was gonna say is you know i grew up in a household that my my father literally was never there because he was working and he had a civil engineering company he owned the company but he was at work 12 hours a day seven days a week you know on the weekends oh i got to go into the office and he was there all day so he was a real engineer well he's a real engineer he wasn't he wasn't an engineer that got his degree and then started teaching classes in a subject of something he didn't do for a living. It wasn't like that type of thing. It was, he was an engineer that actually did it for a living for paying clients and uh, used his degree for what it was intended for. But my point is I grew up in that, that type of environment and he did too. His father before him, same thing, always at work, always at work, always at work. And so he repeated that habit. And, you know, now with me and luckily I'm in a place in life that I, I can move things around and make things happen to where I can be present in their lives. But for me, it's a priority for him. It was not a priority, but for me it is. And, um, so anyways, with Kodiak pro that's possible where before it wasn't possible. Even if I had the best intentions of wanting to be home more, I just couldn't do it with the materials I used to use because I wasted so much time in the process, Yeah, which we don't have anymore. So we can beat that drum forever, but I just wanted to reiterate that message because it's been on my mind and it's kind of been in this internal conversation the three of us have been having about how much more time we have because we're not wasting time. And I thought it was an important thing to, to bring up. The next thing on my list here is I just made a note. You started telling me about it and said, wait, hold it for the podcast. Uh-huh. John found a tool. What did you find? Well, I don't think it's anything new. It's just new to me. Uh, so I was uh, back into the shop. I used to have a one of those tabletop routers, right? Right. In fact, it's attached to the table with the table saw and it burned up. So since then I've been pulling out my big router and this and that. And so the other day I was just sitting on Amazon. Seems so stupid, man, but I picked up one of those DeWalt 20 volt cordless little routers. Those things are freaking amazing. Are you talking about a laminate trim router? What are you talking about? uh, No, it's just your basic 20 volt router, Okay, you know, slapped it. And it was, here's a, once again, wasted time. (laughs) We're still on this subject. I would have to get over to my table, bring the router up, change the bits, this and that. And honestly, man, when I picked this thing up, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be hokey. It's just a stupid little handheld router, but whatever. Uh, with these slip molds, 
the way I did, I always roll all the edges and everything. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Make them easy to slip, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God, man. I hooked this thing up. It was, I had those molds done in, I don't know, a fourth of the time that it would have taken me with my old table router or pulling out my big router. The fact that I just had it, this little itty bitty thing in my hand, stupid strong, zipped right through the um, plywood and the whole nine yards, which is a marine grade. It's a little bit harder, that HDO. Yeah, so anybody, man, take a look at those silly little things. They're not silly. They're badass little handheld routers. You know, I've been thinking about getting a, a handheld router, but not that size. The one I've been thinking about is the laminate trim router. It's small. It's about the size of a little bit bigger than maybe a Coke can. You know, they're really small and are made for trimming, for trimming, not trimming, for trimming laminate. And I think it'd be really helpful just in mold making, kind of what you're doing, but I'm not, I wouldn't be using it to cut plywood. I'd be using it to trim HDP or PVC or, or uh, laminate or whatever it is, you know, whatever plastic I need to trim. It's just a small handheld router made just for that purpose. But I've been, for years... You know, it pops yeah, up. I need I guess, one. I guess and I'm like, what eh. I'm gonna say it's 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 literally probably the size of a small water. Did bottle. you just fart? No, I'm pretty sure you did. I heard it. No, I did. I, did. <laughs> I need to stand up and put the microphone closer. Then <laughs> um, I so heard I, something. Did it's you really? suspect. So I, no, <laughs> I'm sitting in it. I'm stewing in it. Um, no, I don't have yesterday. Oh, good. Sure. So I just looked up. It's just called the DeWalt 20-volt Max XR cordless router. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one I was Makita, is... but I'm a Makita guy, so. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I bought it because I have a bunch of the DeWalt batteries, and I didn't want another charger and more batteries. I thought we were professionals. I didn't think we were hobbyists. I am a hobbyist, buddy. Well, you are if you have DeWalt. I'm a super hobbyist. Yeah. Honestly, so Monday, no, for the last two weeks, initially I was feeling like like a hobbyist getting back into the shop. I always feel that way, man. Like it takes you a minute to get back in the zone. You know what I mean? Like to become efficient again. At first I felt like it was always turning, oh, where did I put this? Oh, where did I put that? Um, it only takes you a second. It is true, John. So the next thing I have on my list, which you and I didn't discuss, but it it uh, was something, again, I was thinking about over these last few weeks is I've seen some free, quote unquote free, I got to put it in air quotes, free con- decorative concrete training classes. It popped up hmm. in my feed on Facebook. And I've had people ask us, are we going to do a free class? And the truth is, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Tan Stoffel. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that to be true. There ain't no such thing as free lunch. So if you go anything that's free, you're just paying in a different way. Like Facebook isn't free. They're collecting all your data. Twitter isn't free. You know, Google isn't free. All these things that you think are free, no, there's you're paying a price. And if you go to a free training, well, number one, you're probably learning from people that don't do this for a living because people who do it for a living aren't doing free classes. Number two, it's probably just more or less a sales pitch for, uh, for a product from people that don't do this for a living. So, you know, and then there's a cost of travel and time off and lost opportunity. What did that free information actually cost you? It probably cost you a lot more than you realize because free sounded like such a good deal. I just want to hit that, uh, that thing. And why we don't do free is, 
you know, people need to have skin in the game. We don't give free samples of Kodiak. Uh, yeah. We don't do free training classes. We don't do that stuff. Now, are we going to do demo days in the future for people that are in the industry that just want to get their hands in the material and get some confidence with the material? Absolutely. But it's not a training class. We have training classes where we go in-depth on knowledge needed to be a, a successful person in the industry. But if you just want to come, get your hands in the mix, ask your questions about the mix, you know, how's it look? How's it feel? I actually want to see it in use and get get my hands in it. That's what the demo days are going to be for. But it's not a free class. So anyways, just this whole free thing, it it doesn't bug me, but I think there's a lot of misconception about is it really free and what are you getting out of it? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I can't think of many things I'm a real fan of that, that are free. free. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, let's say you're at a baseball game and they, they bring out the t shirt cannons. They start shooting t shirts out in the crowd and people are going crazy. Ah, shoot to me. Yeah. Shoot it to me. And you catch the free t shirt and it's like a size double XL Hanes beefy tee that's shaped like a trash can, you know, and you'll never wear it. Why are you so excited for this free thing? It's junk. Anyways. Yeah, I get, I mean, I get why people do it, right? It's the low hanging fruit and they're, they're hoping to get the low hanging fruit. And there's a trade off to that. And I, and I know I've talked about this before, but I put it in my own perspective. When something's offered to me for free, um, quite frankly, I don't put a whole lot of value into it. It's as sad as that might sound, whether that's a free sample of some sort or whatever the case may be, you know, oftentimes I'll be like, yeah, great. And then it, you know, goes up on the shelf, meaning that I'll get to it when I get to it. Kind Which of is probably never because well, you're busy or, doing other well, things. Yeah. Or, or definitely in, in whatever my timely thing might be, because it may, it was just what not really a priority to me. Um, Eventually, I'll get to it. I'm sure I am. Uh, only if, like, but you, you won't. know, distributor calls me, hounds me, or something. But you won't. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it's just. But on the flip side, yeah, when when I put in my time and energy to something, it just holds more intrinsic value. That's all. And I know from on this end, if we're going to say sealers and ICT, man, I'm again. I'm just going to put out there. I'm sorry, not sorry. I put over the years enough time, energy, finances, and blah, 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 creating something that uh, is definitely completely different in the industry and holds its own against any of these downpacked products that are available to people, whether that's just something like, hey, I stopped by a body shop and now I'm going to start downpacking the, uh, you know, clear coat kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, I don't know, maybe someone is blending something on their own, but whatever. That's, I'm not giving out free. Yes. Yeah. Free to me is a bit of an insult to someone who's put that kind of time and energy into something. This year, 20 years I've been doing this, two decades, not close to 20, not nearly 20, 20 diggity damn years I've been doing this, two decades. And over that 20 years, I've received tons of free samples. Some of them, I had a discussion with somebody and they said, Hey, let me send you some to test. And some of them were just unsolicited. They just showed up, you know, mm. a FedEx truck pulled up and unloaded a box and it was polymer from a company. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know they made polymer, you know, like, all right. And on the shelf it goes and it never got tested or used. When I moved out of my Arizona studio, when I went to Arkansas, you wouldn't believe the amount of 
free things I threw in a dumpster that I never even opened. Because like you said, I had no, I had no vested interest in the product. I didn't have any skin in the game. I didn't put any money towards it. It was just, okay, yeah. Like you said, when I, when I have free time, none of us have free time. Yeah, none of yeah. us are just sitting around saying, you know what? I don't have anything to do today. Let me go test all these products that, you know, I have that were free. So anyways, when, when we occasionally get the person that asks about, hey, can you guys send us a free sample? That's the reason we say no. And when we get the occasional person that says, hey, do you guys do free training? Again, that's why we don't. Because in, unless you, unless there's skin in the game, there's no value. When information is free, it has no value. That's why, you know, I participate on the online discussions on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and places. I, I participate in those discussions. But honestly, a lot of that, a lot of those dialogues really have no value. They have no value because the information is free. And when it's free, it has no value. Well, you know what? There, there's a, there you go. There's a real in-your-face example of free. There's information that's put out on, what, you know, whatever, various groups and so forth. And here we're talking about concrete. And someone will ask a question. And in the comments that come back sometimes, it's literally, I think, impossible for whoever was asking that question to decipher the relevance of the answer coming back to them based on, you know, is this from someone experienced? Is this someone from, a, a, you know, say a hobbyist? Is this, you know, is this somebody coming through really just to give you product information and, but doesn't even use their own products. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know. The wild freaking West with stuff like that. It is. And to that person, that's a perfect example of, did you get value back in your actual questions? No. Well, that, that, that was the demise of the uh, concrete countertop forum. Yeah. The demise the of that yeah, yeah. forum was the abundance of bad information from hobbyists whose information was, quote-unquote, as relevant as that as somebody that was a professional. Mm-hmm. So somebody that's professional actually knew what they are talking about and answer a question, and some hobbyist who didn't know what they are talking about would answer the question differently and then attack the person that actually gave the good information, you know, start, start insulting back and forth. And uh, ultimately, that just, it was like a house of cards that collapsed. So, you know, Facebook's not going to collapse, but the truth of the matter is those types of online... No, but I think it'll continue to evolve. I mean, I mean, you've seen we've both been on the Facebook stuff long enough that I've seen certain groups grow and flourish, and then within a time period, there people are moving on to a new one. Yeah, uh, but 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 you know, it's the same thing. You just changed the name of the group, but you go from one group of getting suspect information to another group of getting suspect information. Yeah. Nothing no, changed. The information's still bad. Yeah. Because again, these these same individuals offering advice, as as we've seen, and I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but you know, the personal ad the advice, which all of us know full well, hasn't done, doesn't do, doesn't use, but the message will come across as we and us. And yeah, when, the way you know, I've always done it, doing, the way what? I've always when I'm working on a client project, like, bro, you don't do client projects. About? Yeah, yeah. 
so tell me, please, what was the last project you did? Yeah. And even if you told me like, well, you know, 25 years ago, well, come on, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, um, but my point being is and, and without condemning that person who does those kind of things or those people, the person who le- had a legitimate question to try to be successful in whatever they're trying to do, maybe it was, I don't know, you know, to create a look or, Hey, in fact, it was one recent where I did read a person. He posted this picture. I don't know if he got it out of a magazine or, you know, again, photos off concrete countertops that he found on Googling or something. And, you know, what would a method of creating this look? And then I read some of the responses by people who, I don't know, man, I, I, I try to be nice about this, who I guess people may think otherwise that were quite experienced and quite educated in doing these kind of things. And I just sat there and again, the language presented like, well, you know, when we do this and how, how all of us get together and a lot of we's and a lot of us and like, they're part of this whole thing. And I just read it like, are you freaking kidding me? Like for God's sakes, man, I, I don't know. Well, that's just where you have to be in it long enough to know who's who and who's actually. And I exactly. think that I think the other problem is, and as time goes on, people see it is they're presented with options that appear to be relevant. They're presented Correct. with marketing and with messaging of this. This is a person, or this is a and a group, or whatever that knows what they're talking about. And then when they actually attend any of those events. They leave and they call us and they're like, oh my God, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I should have come to you guys. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. We'll live and learn. Everybody lives and learns. You know, they just fall prey to the to the marketing in a way. If you don't know, you don't know. And I get it. I mean, if I went into some other industry besides concrete where I'm not as, uh, I don't know, just as engrossed in who's who and who does what and who's been doing what and all that type of stuff, the history of it, if I went into metalworking or woodworking, uh, I'd fall prey to it as well. I'm sure there's some some slick marking out there from people that don't actually do it, but will present like a really cohesive message of like, come learn from the experts on how and why. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. This guy knows what he's talking about. And then I'll go to him. I'm like, oh my God, this was this was a mistake. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's everywhere. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm sure it's but everywhere. I wouldn't know if I went into that because I just hadn't been in it long enough to know. So I would I would fall prey to, you know, that type of thing. So the next thing I have here is on my list, recap the hero's quest. So we did the last podcast live at hero's quest at Joe Bates shop in Napa, California. And that was, what were the dates on that? Yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember. I was just thinking the same thing. Has it, has it been a month already since we did that? It's definitely been a month. I can't remember the dates, but it was a month ago. So I don't know. Do the math. You know, subtract a five, carry the one. I don't know. It was something. Was it April? Yeah, it had to be April. It was definitely April. Yeah. April. It had, yeah. But anyways, we um, we did the Heroes Quest, and it was a great class. It was a really good class. We had a full house. Look at the photos. You'll see just people everywhere. Total full house. We did some very, very new innovative things. One of them was something you and I had been kind of working on over the years, but we really dialed in there, was Ramcrete, where we're mm-hmm. essentially creating a rammed earth aesthetic using concrete mix, UHPC, 
And we played with it. You and I played with it over the years, and it never actually quite worked as good as as rammed earth for the look. But there's a lot of benefits to it because I can't do rammed earth uh, in a thin thin section, at least not well. I mean, people do it, but the panels break and it's a mess. But when we were at Joe's shop, uh, we we test out some new mixed designs using Rad Mix and really got a very very good end product with the with yeah, the they technique. Came out pretty cool. Yeah, with the technique and then the mix dialed. So Ram Crate. So that's something that we dialed in there, but we're going to be doing it again in the next Heroes Quest. But we did a huge post tension table, uh, cast a lot of concrete, just a great time, really good time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. I was just going over in my head. Um, yeah, I, I think when people gain, you know, catch on to this, there's so much in this aesthetic with the Ram, you know, the Ram Crete that, man, it's super cool, man. It, it really is. And, and <clears throat> I'm just going to say this. When we decided to do the legs with that, and used to seeing rammed earth on horizontal lines, right? And that's just what you're used to seeing. You're what you're seeing. And then we came up with the idea of doing it, which ultimately meant that they were going to be on vertical lines. Well, they didn't have to be. We could have easily know, done I, it the other way. Yeah, yeah, but we, they, we already had them formed up, you know. Um, so, yes, if if we had gone the other direction, I get it. But I, where I'm going with it is – there was something about that in my head that was just like, John, trust the process. Just trust the process. It's going to be okay. You know, and I'm like, I'm like really, man? Is, I don't know. Are these vertical lines? Those things are beautiful. They yeah. really are nice. Yeah. I mean, like ridiculously nice. And that look, the strength and everything that comes with it, because uh, to me, that was one of the issues along the path. I think I think rammed earth is is gorgeous. There's no question about it. And I love the thick walls that come with that and, you know, the, the longevity and blah, blah, blah. But a difficulty was getting that into really small things, as you were saying, that that in a, in a durability of what I think we're trying to look for. Sure. Which I don't know. Do you still have that testing? The, when you sent those one in, in for testing. Yeah. 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 We well, should probably publish that when we finish it. But anyway, my yeah. point being is now you're doing something in, you know, not 1500 PSI, but you know, above 11, 12, 13,000 PSI potentials. Oh, and that becomes that, incredibly durable. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did a, an actual rammed earth test using rad mix as the binder. And we were 12,000 plus PSI. I did three different proctors that I sent for compressive testing. And each one was over 12,000 PSI. For rammed earth, that's insane. Insane. And that's true rammed earth. That's not That's not what we did with this. With this, we we made a, conquer, a UHPC mix, but we got it to create the texture and the layering that we get with rammed earth, but at a much higher strength. So we can do even thinner pieces. So yeah, it, it's it was really, really cool. And in my opinion, just my own personal opinion, it was probably the thing I was most mm, excited about from that class was just the legs, how beautiful they came out. They really did. Yeah. You know, you do concrete <laughs> for, for two decades and you kind of seen it all. And then you see that and it's fresh and it's on trend and it's all anybody's talking about right now. Every architect and designer 
is hot on rammed earth. They all want rammed earth. So it opens up a whole lot for the concrete artisan to be able to create looks that were not possible before. And we're the only people teaching it. Now, give it time. There's going to be, you know, a copy of a copy of a copy here coming soon. Mark my words. <laughs> but right now, we're the only people teaching it. And, you know, I've been doing rammed earth. I've been, I've started my rammed earth company in 2012. So what's that, 11, 11, 12 years now? What year is this? Is it 2023 or 2024? Three. Three. Yeah. Going so four. 12 years. No, 11 years. 2012. Yeah. 11 years. Anyways. Well, there was no question that they came out super cool. No, they like, came out. Ridiculously cool. Insane. Insane. What was your favorite part of the class? I always enjoy, I mean, first of all, doing the, some of the techniques there that, that I do not do normally in my shop. That was always exciting. But I really enjoy the people. I enjoy the community. I, I enjoy hanging out with people who either are looking to become like-minded. I mean, the fact that we get so many alumni come back for further education and learning new, you know, new levels and, and create, that's so cool, man. That is super cool. It is. Well, and then, yeah, we had, a, we had a ton of alumni in this last class. Yeah, it's always that way. Yeah, it's it's great. But I'd say but even the, more, I mean, we had, we've had some people that were in the last class that have been to three, four or more classes. I, I'm thinking of like Beth and Jerry Maurer. They're yeah. awesome. They've been to so yeah. many classes and um, I just love seeing them. There's they're such good people to have around. Yeah, but that's telling. Yeah, it is telling. Even for us, because we, we I'm not going to say we're always doing something new. We're not. But the fact that this is what we do, we continue to strive for improvement in what we do, you know, and in, in our products and the things I'm presenting to clients, you know, I want my quality, my durability, you know, my color clarity, whatever we're talking about, what I'm producing today Hopefully, as an artisan, I continue to improve and refine and make better, whatever that might mean, um, so that I can charge more or whatever the case may be. And and that's something that we consistently strive for, and that's what I think people come back for. Agreed. I do agree. Well, I think that's a good segue into our last topic, and that is the upcoming Concrete Heroes Quest. We haven't released it on a podcast yet because we just scheduled it last night, got it posted. Cool. So it's going to be August 9th through 11th in Napa, California, again, at Joe Bates shop. That was a really great venue mm -hmm. and we had a really good time there. And I think everybody enjoyed it. So almost, almost all the attendees I spoke with were all doing side trips. So they were going to go do this, go to this winery, go up the coast, go over here. So a lot of people made a vacation out of it, which I thought was really great. Yeah, very cool. So August 9th through 11th, it's going to be a two and a half day class instead of a three and a half day. And so we're going to try something a little different. We're going to change the format up a little bit and condense it by a day and see how it goes. So we went from a, from a three and a half day to two and a half day and the cost went down uh, accordingly based on that. So it's going to be a little bit more affordable class and a little bit, um, a little bit quicker in, uh, in time frame. So I think that'll be good for people. See how that works. Um, less time away for travel, and uh, but the same, you know, density of information, just compressed a little tighter. Cool, man. I look forward to it. Yeah. Any any parting words, John? Any parting words of wisdom? Parting. 
words of wisdom. From the materials mastermind, John Schuler. What do you have? I read this story. As it turns out, this is some. I, I'm butcher her name. So there's this Cambodian runner. And the whole meme, the start off with this, I knew, I knew that I was not going to win, but I told myself not to stop. And it's a picture of this gal running and it's raining on her and this and that. And what I couldn't get is the rest of the song, the rest of the information that went with this. It turned out to this runner has some pretty dramatic things happen to her. And not only did she come in last, like she came in like hours behind everybody else when she could have just thrown in the towel. I mean, the weather came in raining and I guess any parting words of wisdom is that is that at least for me, when I read that is, you know, it's not always having to be first or winning at everything you do. And I see that with my son when we go do the, the trap stuff and it's just about not quitting, man, not stopping and not giving up. And that's how I felt this week, believe it or not, getting back to the shop sometime and trying to figure out forming again. Probably that's why I got so pumped about, oh, my God, I got this silly DeWalt <laughs> handheld router to make my time more efficient and et cetera, et cetera. So <clears throat> there I go. There, there's my parting words. Don't waste your time. You know, uh, but don't give up. Keep striving forward. No, it's a great message. Yeah, yeah. Even even when you know the race is over, you're not going to place in the top whatever, top 10. You still got to finish the race. You don't just say, well, that's it, and like walk back to your Camry and drive home. You know, like you're going to keep on running. David Goggins, we talked about uh, David Goggins, I don't know, a while back, but he had a uh, new book called never finished, which is really good. You should, you should, uh, read it or listen to it. But a lot of that is, is, is kind of the moral of the story is he would do these ultra marathons cross country where it's like these crazy, I don't know, like a hundred mile run through the desert where, you know, you're, you have these big spanses of, you're just pretty much disconnected from any outside help. And there's like freezing conditions and storms and all this kind of stuff. And all the stuff he went through, but you just keep going, you keep going. And even when in one of the chapters, the, the medics essentially like pulled him off the course and said, that's it, you know, and, and he went back and he's feeling defeated, but he told his girlfriend, like, take me back, like drive me back. And he just kept, he finished the course. He finished the, the race. I think, yeah, that is very, very important. You know, we started this kind of with the whole, um, not wasting time. And I made a comment in our private conversation, me, you and, and Martin, about, uh, you know, people, people like to joke about our, our message and it's all mm. a big joke to them until it's not, it's all ha ha ha. Look at these guys talking about the importance of being in your family, not being in your shop. Ha 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 ha. And then they get cancer. Then they're out of time. And now all the, the joking and all the fun stuff is almost no longer a joke. Now it's reality. And now you're like, oh, hmm, hmm. Maybe I should have spent more time doing those things. Maybe I should have spent more time you know, living my life and not measuring sand and cement and polymer and all these different things that I'm doing. Or waiting so long just to get a project, you know, finished during the day. Yeah. You know, using materials that are just more efficient, whatever that means. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all, yeah. it's all fun and games until it isn't. And then it's just know. a different message, man. It's yeah. a different message, but well, it's a different mindset. 
It's a different mindset. We're at a different place in our lives than we were 20 years ago. So we're at a place where those things are important to us now, where they were lower on a priority scale back then. But now Mm -hmm. it's much, much higher. Quality of life is much, much higher. And balance is much, much higher on the scale of what is important to us today. I agree. And it's really hard. It's really hard. And this just goes by, again, where you're at in your cycle of your life. It's hard to look at some of the information being presented or even the products that are being presented. And you look at that and go, oh, my God. I, I just I can't go back to that. No yeah. how, no way for, for lots of reasons. But a biggest part of that reason is just that I, I'm not going back to wasting so much time and opportunity between whatever of where I was with the kind of materials that again at the time felt like we're the best of the best. I'm not going back. And that's, that's a hard message to get out that doesn't either a turn people to like, Oh, what a bunch of jerks. I can't believe like, okay, well, I mean, you can take it that way, but that's not the way it's meant to, it's really being meant for your own success and your own growth. Because we're going through that. And if anybody gets mad because BG said that Kodiak Pro is the best, I did say it. It is the best. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I love it. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say to that, but that's just funny. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's end it here. Sounds good, buddy. All, All right, right, man. Well, let's try to do this next week. Done. All right. I can make that work. Okay. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>